Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to The Impact Code, where we take deep dives into the stories and journeys of impact in the lives of our guests. Before we dive into today's episode, I did just want to give a brief disclaimer that today's episode does contain a little bit of language that may not be suitable for younger audiences or sensitive ears. If that's you or someone around you or you're in the car with family, this may not be the best episode for you. Feel free to skip ahead to a different episode and come back to this one later. I highly encourage you to come back. There's some great content here and some great discussion around things like mental health, which I feel very passionately and very strongly that we need to continue to discuss and to bring into more of our discourse. For now, I did just want to highlight that the episode does contain some language that may not be suitable for younger audiences. With that said, I'm really excited to introduce to you today a good friend of mine. His name is Kelson Camp. Kelson is a multi-platinum, award-winning, billboard-charting, Indianapolis-based drummer, producer, engineer, and sound designer. Currently, he is drumming for the band Perry, who you may have heard of. He is also really well-known for his work uh, with Rihanna, Wale, Tiara Thomas, and the band Perry. This episode is also really special to me in that Kelson and I are able to reconnect in this episode for the first time in quite a while. And so it's fun to be a part of that and to be able to listen in as we're sort of catching up on life and all the things that have happened over the past several years. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to briefly mention Tower Community Bank. Tower Community Bank cares deeply about making our communities better places to live, work, and raise a family. So much so that we decided to create this podcast and deliver it all to you completely free of charge. And There are so many podcasts out there now that are charging or that are filling with ads. We at Tower have decided not to do that because it's more about connecting. It's about connecting us to you, the listener. It's about connecting us to the people that we're interviewing on the podcast about elevating their stories of how they're making their communities, their worlds, better places to live, work, and raise a family. And so it's a way to elevate our mission and to magnify that mission all around the country all around the world. So we're passionate about not just this podcast, but about the work that we're doing on this podcast in every area of our bank. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please go over to www.towercommunitybank.com and check us out. Tower has a whole suite of financial products that are designed just for you. We're trying hard to revolutionize what it means to be a community bank today. And because of that, you're going to see a lot of products that are similar to what you'll see at other banks, but also that are uniquely positioned for you. So head on over to the website and check us out. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my episode with Kelson Camp. Kelson, thanks so much for being on the Impact Go, man. It's exciting to see your face again, and, and I'm so glad you could join today. Thanks, dude. It's been a long time. Actually, when was the last time that I saw you? Last time we saw each other in person, oh, man, it's probably been about 10 years, honestly. I think really? I moved away from Anderson probably about 10 years ago, and we were working on one of my songs called True Is Love. That was the last and time we did. That's the last time we saw each other in person, I think. And Dang. I know it's been a long time. And we, so we like stayed up pretty much all night working on that song and it turned out, actually I listened to it a few weeks ago and I was like, dude, this is, there was some good stuff in it. Right. Like, yeah, dude, it it, like, there's good low end and good high end to it. It's like really crisp and like punchy, but 
And we recorded that like in your living room and just kind of layered on parts. We used like, uh, I think it was like your parents' old piano. We kind of had it opened up and it was a little out of tune, but it worked perfectly in that song. And dude, I think my it, mom just sold that house like a couple weeks ago. Really? Mm-hmm. It was weird. I, so my brother has that piano, but like, it was weird to just like help her move and move out of there. Cause like, that's primarily where I grew up and that's. Yeah primarily where I like learn most of my, you know, that's basically who I was, you know what I mean? That's yeah. who I, that's where I learned most of my stuff. Is what I'm trying to say. It's weird. Yeah. 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 It is weird. I mean, even for me, like I was only there a handful of times, but at, I have a lot of good memories associated to that place. And a lot of, like what you said, like a lot of who we became as people was a result of just playing around with music in that space. Yep. I mean, my first interesting like recording the first time I was ever interested in recording period was in that basement. Like I was in, mm. I was in a band and a guy brought over this massive like tape machine and just left it. Cause it weighed like 80 pounds. I don't know if you ever saw that. I think this was like a little I don't know bit if I saw that. Yeah. It was massive. And it was like a tape. It was like a tape thing. So, um, I learned how to like record the tape and, stuff like that on there. And then they just left it. They're like, dude, you can have it. It's, we don't want to mess with it. So anyway, wow. yeah, crazy. That's awesome. And then not long after that, I think you recorded bad. I think you may, it was like same time frame. Um, okay. So I, as I was getting ready, <coughs> um, like for this, like, Oh, I wonder what we're going to talk about or almost the last time I've seen him. I don't know if you know this, cause I don't know if this ever was brought up or if, or if Joe would have ever have told you, but that was record that bad was recorded in the song or I'm sorry, in the house in Anderson when I lived with Joe, but it was recorded with your guitar, your Alvarez that you had. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. I remember. Yeah. So I do remember you telling me that cause you had that guitar for a long time. I can't remember mm-hmm. how long, but I remember it being like, I had yeah. a couple guitars as every guitar player does. And I remember it was like gone forever. And then you're like, mm-hmm. by the way, I have your guitar. And I was like, Oh yeah, I got to get yeah. that back. I was up Dude. to something with it. Yeah, it's, um, it's famous now. So now I actually um, tracked one of those down, like way after, mm-hmm. um, and have one. It's it's over. Oh shit, you can't see it. It's way over there in that corner. It's one of these. Dude, that's awesome. Isn't it's that got cool? a great sound to it. I still. So that guitar, there's like some history behind it, even. So I don't know if I even ever would have mentioned this, but um, so my my dad and my mom split up when I was really young. And my mom had bought my dad that guitar. And so when they split up, he actually gave it back and gave it to me. And so this is why I learned to play guitar was Hmm. that guitar was left for me when I was a kid. And yeah. And I was like, I've got the guitar. It's a way for me to be connected to my dad. I'm going to learn to play. And, um, and so it didn't, I don't remember it sounding that good as a kid, but it's just aged so well. And the, the action on the fretboard is phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. The best. It's the best. And it's not that and expensive of a guitar. No, it's not. And it doesn't sound like massive, but if you mm. mic it right, I actually use one of your AKG, like that um, bluish, purplish one. Yes. Too. I yes. use that too for that whole, that whole, <laughs> <laughs> your whole, all of your equipment um, I used in that whole time period that I was in that house until. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, basically all the money that I, the first, some of the first money that I made from that song, I like bought a bunch of stuff, like new stuff and gave old stuff back and yep. Yeah. 
you, so you, you've played instruments though forever. I, mm-hmm. so I remember even the first time that we met. So here's a little background. Here's how we met was I was playing music with this guy named Joe Huff, who's a mutual friend of ours and great dude. And, uh, we started playing together and I was like, we should like actually record some of this stuff. Cause I had written some songs and we were having a, a blast playing those songs. We were just kind of sitting around Anderson university and just playing these songs. And he's like, I know a guy who could record this. And so we go over to your house. I think your house is at ball state at this time. Right. Were okay. you, is, is, I think so. Right. Possibly. I think. Yeah. And you had like, there's a big front porch and then go in the front door and it's to the left was where yeah, you're. Okay, yeah. So that is, that is the ball state. House, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was ball state. Mm-hmm. So we go up there and dude, we literally recorded. So we had five songs and we That's do this whole album. I forgot about those you, ones. Yes. Yeah, okay. I forgot about we those We did ones. this thing in one night though. Like That's everything right. was like one take. We did it all. Like everything, tracking, mixing, mastering, all yep. of it in That's one right. night, dude. That was, was finger drums. I was like, yes, really you're playing into- on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I couldn't play drums in the house. Cause I had like two roommates. So yeah. I was playing MIDI. Yes. Drums. yes. yes. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it actually like, there's some good stuff on that album too. There's a lot that I look back on now and I'm like, what were we thinking? Mm-hmm. It was like one night we're in a rush and we're just like trying to get it all done. But yeah, it was a I really remember. fun album. Uh, in that house specifically, I have like, I had two buddies that would play guitar. One, one was Joe and then another one was my friend, Kevin. And anyone yeah, that else too. was in there would be like, okay, um, come up with a guitar solo. Ready? Go. You know what I mean? Like I would like put people on the spot, guitar players specifically with like, okay, come up with something cool, ready, record, you know, we did. I think Kevin actually stopped by and he played on one of those songs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He 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 was definitely one of my go-to dudes then for sure. Great guitarist. Great guitarist. So when did you start playing music? It's been a part of your life forever, Mm -hmm. right? Forever. Yeah. So, um, basically my mom is like a classical piano uh, master um, got her master's in piano performance. And then, um, so I kind of grew up doing, um, piano lessons from a super early age. And then after school, I would get dropped off. My dad worked and then my mom taught piano at a, at a music studio. And so I would get dropped off at the music studio, um, after school and we would be there until, you know, the evening before we went home and there would just be like a bunch of stuff. There'd be like guitar lessons going on, drum lessons going on. And like, there's just this huge music, uh, big, big music studio downtown. It was called music today. Mm. And so I just bummed around there and I remember peeking my head in, like in the drum room one day, I was like 11. I was like, what's that? That looks awesome. And then so like, they like got me a practice pad and stuff. And I started doing that. Um, so drums, drums was like 11 and then piano started since, you know I mean? I, I can't remember starting kind of a thing. Yeah. It was always there. And you mm-hmm. also play, you play bass really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you play guitar, mm-hmm. uh, decent, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even great by now. I don't know. I haven't heard you play in a long time, but yeah, it's it, I, more like, um, rhythm based or like, um, exactly. Yeah. 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 Stuff. Do you, do you remember when we, uh, so we recorded that song, my turn. Do you remember that one? It was kind of like the rock one. Um, it's like, now it's my turn. Do you remember that one? Say that again. I'm sorry. Something was oh, oh, no, no. So, called Loopback and it was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was a song we recorded. We did this one in um, the Anderson studio in Orange House and it was called My Turn. Do you remember this? It was like a rock song. It was like, now it's my turn. You killed the bass part on this. So I have the tracks for this. I'll have to send them to you. So I have all the Pro Tools sessions. 
This one, dude, you absolutely, we never released this. We never finished it. It's not mm. been mixed. We have a bunch of raw files. Mm. And um, this was the one where Joe and I kind of ter- took turns like singing. And um, I'm trying to remember the chorus, but dude, it was great. Like just a rock song. And you played drums and bass on that. And you yeah. killed, you killed Thanks, both man. of those. Shit. I, I mean, there are definitely, definitely several of those Anderson, um, the AU songs that I remember. Mm. Um, I don't know. No, that's January, all right. it was, January was like the best one. Dude, January. Yeah. I still that's, listen to that every once in a while. That, that one was a lot of fun. And then we took that one down to Nashville. And I think it was Richie Biggs who mixed that in the same uh-huh. place where um, Civil Wars recorded, Switchfoot recorded. It was, yep. it was a lot of fun. Charlie's so. spot with Sam. And dude, yes, yes. super, super small world is Sam writes with um, Tierra now, who I did. Does he really? Play. How weird yeah. is that? So that's wild. Yep. So Sam now writes with Gabby, who is her, that's like her, mm-hmm. um, her thing. And so they write songs together and for her. How weird is that, dude? It's just like, that is wild, dude. It, mm-hmm. It's such, the music world is such a small world where yep. literally everyone has some connection to everyone else. And that was something like I'm no longer in this world really. And I have so many friends who are, um, but just everyone knows everyone or is like, they know someone who knows someone. Yeah, dude, really, I'm talking really about cool. that all the time where it's like, you know, there's thousands of people that are in the music industry, you know, not just musicians. Um, and so like when I think about, oh yeah, cool. Like I get to play drums for the Perry's, but it's like somebody has to do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there are mm-hmm. only hundreds, <clears throat> sorry, if not thousands of these types of roles that are like, man, how'd you get that? It's like, mm-hmm. well, a bunch of stuff, but like somebody also at the end of the day, like has to do the thing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like when people think they're pipe dreams, they're not like, they're like, somebody's got to do it. So, That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were a kid, did you know you wanted to play music? Was this something oh, yeah. you, yeah, oh, yeah, you were all in. Oh yeah, dude. There was like two, um, one of my like buddies growing up, like he was going to be a vet and I was going to be a mus- musician. He became a vet and I became a musician. I mean, like we always knew, you know, from, the beginning that this is what we were going to do, you know, but that's pretty cool to see it come, you know, full circle like that. And my story isn't quite as much like that. I feel like I, cause there was a minute there where I really thought I was going to play music. Like when, mm-hmm. around the time that we were playing, we, you know, you, you were playing in my band, Joe was playing in my band. Um, we were having a blast, like just playing little shows and like 30 people would show up in a dingy bar. And, uh, but we would just have so much fun. And, um, it was weird for me because I, I felt like at that time I would keep playing music, but then it was kind of just one of those things life happened. And, um, I started in like the, the career world mm-hmm. and I got kind of sucked into like the stability of it. Oh, so yeah. now I'm in a place now where I'm like, I, I think I'm actually ready to start writing again. And, really? um, cool. yeah, cause yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, I miss it. I miss the, the feeling of like just having an idea for something. And then like the creative process and the struggle of like trying to figure out how to make it work. Like you have that initial idea and you know, it's, you know, it's in there and you know, it's going to work, but like getting it to actually come to life in the way that you want it to is so difficult. Sometimes, sometimes it's really easy and it just happens, but I miss that so much. And I don't even really care as much about performing, but I just want to make music again. Yeah, man. I mean, you can do it all the time, any time, you know what I mean? It's not like it has to be your full-time job or your part-time job. It's like, I would be doing this 
probably mm-hmm. if I weren't making money anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd probably not do the, it the exact same way with the exact same people maybe, but I would be doing it, you know, I'd yeah. be playing drums by myself or, you know, to my CD player like I used to, you know? So, yeah, I completely agree. When was the moment when you were like, oh, I can actually do this. Like I can actually make a, make a living doing this. <clears throat> Honestly, it, it's probably been like recently, like the last maybe seven, seven years, I think mm-hmm. probably seven years ago, I was like, oh shit. It was definitely after bad came out. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. I, I can do this. Like this is yeah. resonating. Like what I'm doing is resonating with at least an amount of people that I could support myself doing this with. And, yeah. and have you know basically since then yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize that you don't you don't always have to be like world famous to like make a living there's a lot of musicians that make a healthy living like doing exactly what you're doing definitely and i have so much respect for that because you're pursuing the thing that you love that lights you up that and it makes a difference in so many people's lives. Like, um, even, even fun things, man, like I'm bad. Like no one had really, I don't think anyone had really used a bed sound like that. Like you've got the, like well, this, the squeaky we, bed. We used it from the first people that did it. So we were maybe the second people to kind of break it out again. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. But it, it hit different that time. It I feel did, like it did hit different that time. <laughs> it was good. I, yeah. I the think way- it was like the message and just the whole music and the whole thing. Just like, just all uh, at the right time, you know? Yeah. What? So you've worked on a lot of different projects from a studio and kind of production engineering perspective. Is there one that you just like absolutely loved? Ooh, like, re- like recently or just all time? Uh, or? I think just all time. Is there one that's special? Hmm. Honestly, not really. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're kind of, I mean, nothing sticks out because they're sort of all special to me in the, f- in, in the way that like, I just like doing it. Like I, I like every aspect of it and it doesn't really feel like work unless I'm redoing something a lot of times. Like sometimes yeah. um, people will be like, I, I want the vocals to sound like they did on version 2.4, but I want the bass to sound like it did in 1.3. And I want the, you know what I mean? When we start yeah. getting into that stuff, it's kind of like, this isn't really that fun right now, but yeah, it becomes a little tedious. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's just like, I like being involved period. Like it's just fun. Like I like to have fun. I mean, I think most people that know me know that's probably one of my most important life tenant things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just want to have a good time sort of period. And yeah. that's gotten me in trouble a little bit with, with certain types of people. Like sure. he doesn't take this job seriously. He's not. It's like, yeah, but just wait till it like the product will speak for itself and the mm-hmm. mood of the people that are making it like you don't, don't mm. those types of people don't need to be worrying about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. But I do feel like that's a really, that's a great quality to carry because I think the interesting thing about that is I feel like I had that at one point. And then I feel like I lost it somewhere along the way. Like life just got serious. And mm-hmm. you know, it was after I quit playing music. Like I, I think I had it at that point, but then like career started, like financial pressure started. And I feel like I kind of lost that ability just to like have fun and everything. And now I feel like I've come like full circle back to it, yeah, which is that's crazy. Good. That's yeah. Good. yeah. I mean, I think there's like a sort of um, a fake growing up that, you know, people need to do. And it's like, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. So, exactly. you know yeah. what I mean? Um, 
And so just keeping that like sort of like there's little little Brett still in there, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like young yeah. Brett is in there and mm-hmm. you can that's honestly how I've sort of one of the things that I think that I've sort of been able to keep like a like a childlike kind of a thing is like me and my family like love watching old home movies of ourselves farting around or keeping up yeah. like old young jokes or just like saying funny stuff or like watching old videos of ourselves when we were younger yeah. like it's kind of helped us like always sort of remember who we are or who we were like what we think is fun and yeah we've just always kept that and we've always been tight and that's like definitely helped just like you know getting around and getting together and horsing around you know what i mean it's like yeah I remember your family. Yeah. Your family was always really close. I remember that even from like the first time that I like saw your family together. I was like, Oh man, these like, I didn't have that growing up. My family was, uh, like I said, my, my dad was gone when I was a kid. Um, and he was still in my life, but it, it just makes for a different dynamic. Like we didn't have as many of those memories where it was like, we were all together. And like, um, I always thought that was so cool about your family. Like how close, even like, uh, from a cousin standpoint, like, you know, Alex and Andrew and you got like, mm-hmm. everybody was always just like hanging out and goofing off and like oh, yeah, playing music together. And th- that just always made me really happy to see from the outside. Oh yeah. We love goofing off. We're definitely a bunch of goofballs. Like we get together still every um, Christmas. Yeah, and um, do this. I don't know if you've ever seen videos of uh, our. our family I've seen a couple. <laughs> yeah, they're they're nuts and they're yeah, fun, and that's like where we just like we let loose and yeah, it's just it's just fun. It's 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 not serious, you know. It feels yeah. yeah. I think that's a great quality, though. I mean, I feel like if you have to choose between one of those two, like being really serious and uptight all the time, and just like having fun, um, having fun is probably the. Like you're going to, I feel like you're going to live longer. I feel like you're going to have a lot less stress along the way. You're going to have a lot more memories. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the better of the two choices. If you have to choose between those two things. Yeah. Like, Hey, who are you? Like, we got this guy over here. We got this guy over here. This guy's a, you know, tied. Who do you want to hang out with? Yeah. Like who do you want to have a beer with? You know what I mean? I'll I'll hang out Um, with him. (laughs) But ironically, I actually kind of suffer from a lot of like panic stuff and like a lot Mm. of anxiety. It's super weird. Um, I don't know you know, if that comes from some experiences that I've had or gone through or whether it's, um, you know, maybe more genetic or whether it's stuff I can handle myself, but yes, yeah, kind of ironic, but yeah, I, it isn't, it isn't. I feel like one, I don't think people talk about it enough. I think that probably more people than talk about it, experience it. Maybe it's because they don't know how to put words to the experience that they're having. Possibly. Maybe it's because they're ashamed of it. Um, but I do, I remember, um, seeing some of that as well. Um, and always appreciating your, your transparency. How has that journey been for you? Like, how are you doing right now? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, last September was like the fucking worst it's ever been. Like I couldn't leave the house. It sounds really weird to like say mm-hmm. out loud, but I kind of got into therapy a little bit, kind of more seriously, like a couple times Good a week. Too. And it's kind of been, you know, kind of gone out from there but actually it's it's interesting that like childlike thing we were talking about earlier um one of one of the things that i got from this uh lady who i've been seeing is um she told me she was like you when you're going through like kind of more traumatic stuff like you're reliving this stuff blah 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 but it's like you need to forgive yourself for not looking out for like little kelson like young Mm -hmm. kelson Mm -hmm. and like to just even like starting to talk about this is like getting me worked up, you know, cause it's like, you want to take care of that inner child that 
you know, that vulnerable, humble, fun loving part of yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's something that we, so I, it's interesting that you say that because I've been dealing with a lot of that too, is like, there's some wounds that we pick up in childhood, um, that stick with us for whatever reason, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're like formative and they give us a perspective on what is safe and what is unsafe in the world. Mm -hmm. What does love look like? What does care look like? And it wasn't until like, so around like last, probably around the same time frame you're talking, like last year was the darkest year of my life by far. So it's a tough year for me. There were, there were a lot of times when I, I didn't feel like I could keep going and it was just like my kids or Courtney that I was, that I was going for. Like, yeah. I was just like, I've, I just got to go another day. It's going to yep. get better. I, I got to hang in. <laughs> and there were a lot of days like that last year, man, where they were just tough days. And then, um, I had an experience where I saw myself with love for the first time, mm. which was crazy. Like I had never actually looked at myself with love and, compassion and mm-hmm. seeing myself in a way that was positive. Like I always only saw myself for what I lacked. Sure. I always only saw myself for what I like, what I couldn't bring or what I didn't complete or how I failed or how I messed up. And I always held those things with such high weight. Mm. And so it was a, it was a crazy experience for me to have that. And like, I've been able to carry it with me though. Like since then I've been able to like tap back into that and it's not perfect by any means. Right. It's, it's it takes a lot but, of work. Yeah. But a perspective shifts. Like if it's, if it's that big, sometimes it can at least shake you out of sort of whatever rut you're in. Like it may not be like life changing, right. but it'll at least shift your perspective enough to not view yourself that way or view other people that way. And it's like, if you don't want people you know, if you, if you don't want to judge people on your, on their worst day, like, mm-hmm. why would you want to do that to yourself? Yeah. You know, like wh- if you wouldn't say something to another person, like it's that, like, I'm not good enough or, uh, you know, any of the things that you just said, like mm-hmm. you wouldn't say them to other people, then exactly. don't say them to yourself either, you know? And, yeah. and that, that's tough because, you know, I think comparison is just like sort of a built-in sort of like competition, human thing. And it's, it's hard to sort of, hard, like, uh, you know, get away from that default setting sometimes. Um, yeah, it is, man. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But it was, it was a game changer for me because I was able to like, look at all the things that I was struggling with and like, I actually see why you're struggling with that. And it's not, I always felt like I was like broken, I think in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, or like if I was having those struggles, it was because something was wrong with me. Sure. And I was like, that it's just like a human thing. And yeah, it's like spiraled really bad right now, but I can see why based on your past that this has come up or that, and like, it was this compassionate way. So like coming full circle to the idea of the inner child, it was like, I was able to see like the things that my inner child was lacking mm-hmm. and like offer compassion. And it'd be mm-hmm. like, uh, like that makes sense. And it's like this whole thing of like now trying to like be the things that I I didn't have in a parent role model. Like I, now I'm trying to like reparent myself and help my inner child feel safe and be like, nah, man, like exactly. I understand why you're freaking out right now, but we're safe. We've got this. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of part of my, um, 
that's incorporated into my like kind of freak out plan. I, I call, you know what I mean? There's like, mm-hmm. there's like these different steps. Like if I start to feel pretty panicked, um, mm-hmm. I kind of run through these, these, this little checklist and it's like, you know, radical acceptance first, you know what I mean? Like, look, I may not be able to change this side it out. And then, you know, the other one is, mm-hmm. yeah, like let's, let's, let's have adult logical Kelson look out for little scared Kelson. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. look, this situation, it's not what it was. It, you're in a safe place, blah, blah, blah. We trust this person. We trust this. We trust this is going to work. You know what I mean? Uh, it just uh, goes down from there. But yeah, that, that, that's, it, that's tough, stuff. man. And it's, it's funny because it, it seems so like first world problem, you know what I mean? But like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people deal with this, um, Mm -hmm. you know, on some degree or on some spectrum. And it's, I think it's good to talk about, um, because, you know, talk therapy with a therapist is super helpful because, you know, they can professionally guide you, but then it's like good to talk about with other people, but maybe not the same person all the time, (laughs) you know, it's like, you can kind of, you know, kind of bog them down a little bit with like your stuff all the time. If you're talking about mm-hmm. much, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on though, especially the part of acceptance. I feel like that was like one of the big drivers of like this, like spiral that I was going through last year was I was like fighting what I was feeling mm-hmm. the whole time. And I was like, no, you shouldn't feel like this. Like you should be grateful. You should like, I, I was telling myself all the things I should mm-hmm. feel instead of just meeting myself where I was. Yeah. And yeah. There was something really interesting that happened when I was able to start just like accepting where I was and stop fighting it so much and just start like, okay, here's where I am. And that's an okay place to be. And like being compassionate towards where I was is a, it was really cool thing. And acceptance is a definitely it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult, but it's good. Cause usually like your, your, your body will, you know, tell you things. Um, so mm-hmm. some, you know, feelings can be indicators and not like, you know, facts of reality sometimes. Um, so it's, it's, it's best not to ignore them, but it's, you know, not good to take them literally or, you know, blow them out of proportion or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing some of that because I've, I actually haven't shared any of that on this podcast either about my struggles. And there's very few people in my life that really even know I was going through that Mm -hmm. all last Mm -hmm. year. Um, there's a handful of people that, like you said, like you can't really bog one person yep. down. So I had a handful of people that, you know, I'd reach out to when I was feeling low and, um, that would be sort of, uh, sounding boards yep. and just compassionate and accepting, mm-hmm. um, and safe spaces. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like, like kind of how we got off kind of talking about this, whereas like, it looks fun sometimes, especially from like the internet or social media or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone's life or their accolades or whatever, or their family life or, or something. But, you know, n- 99% of the time, most people are going through something, you know, um, yeah. whether it's, I don't know, mental or, you know, everyone's got something that they, you know what I mean? They, they have to, yeah. they have to go through their thing. And that's why it's, easy for me to try to be compassionate to other people by thinking, you know, the guy cuts me off on the way home from target today. And instead of like, you know, f- that guy, it's, it's like, maybe mm-hmm. he has to get somewhere or, you know, he's got something, you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. thing helps 
me and the, it helps and the me people too, around me. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, let's talk a little more about uh, sort of what you're up to now in the music industry. And one of those things is uh, playing drums for the Perrys. Sure. And I, so there's so much I want to dive into about uh, the Perrys and about playing drums for them. Be, one of the biggest things is because they had a major transformation in sort of their music. Um, and they were huge country artists. They had a couple really big hits that were like everywhere for a while. Mm -hmm. And then they decided, Hey, we want to make more of like a pop, Mm -hmm. uh, Rocky album. And they did it. And, and that's around the time when you started playing for them as well. Right. Yep. That's almost exactly. So they did a couple, um, pop singles, like right after their, um, the country stuff. So it was like almost like country record, country record, pop singles, um, I was kind of involved in some of the live aspects of that. And then, um, they did this thing called the coordinates, which is like this, like, sort of like, um, kind of like electronic. I love that, by the way. I still have it saved on my phone. It's, it's phenomenal. Dude, there's a song on there that they wrote called Dear Departed. That's like, I listen yep. to that. I still listen to that. I love that song. I still listen to that mm-hmm. one too. And then, so good, dude. Yeah, I started touring with them from there on. And so that was like five, 2000, 2018. Yeah, so it's been like five years. Well, this will be this yeah. year. No, five years already. So how was how was all that? Did you get to witness like how how that was all received by their fan base? Mm-hmm. Was it all positive? Were there people who were like, "Ah, oh, I miss the country stuff"? Mm-hmm. Like how yeah, how was that received? So yeah, you would see on the road like people that would get upset with you know what they came to see, or there's a lot of people that liked it. You know what I mean? Super mm-hmm. super fans and just people that just that are fans of music, you know what I mean? It's not like you need to hear, you know, that genre from that person, but some people are, are, are really interested or invested in that type of thing. And yeah, so I, I got to see sort of both sides of that, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, they get to do whatever they want and mm-hmm. all of us can do whatever, we, <laughs> whatever we want. Yeah. And yeah. so whether that's received well or whatever, that's not really the point all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I I have so much appreciation for their, their step into another genre of music because I think there's just a lot of artists, um, Mumford and Sons did this too. Right. And they got a ton of flack for it. Like when they released uh, their, their album that was much more rock, um, mm-hmm. there was a lot, there was a lot of like grumbling about like people who wanted like that old, like kind of folk rock that they blew up on. Um, and they, they took a step away from it, but I have so much respect for artists that do that as a part of their own growth and their own artistic journey of just like, Hey, I'm ready to express my, myself through yep. music in another way, regardless of how it's received. And the reason being, cause that's something I've always struggled with in, in my life, just in general of like, I feel like as I grow and evolve as a person, sometimes I'm scared to like show that next version to the world because I'm like, Oh dude, like, you know, my old friends from this town aren't going to exactly. like that. Like, what are they going to exactly. think? So, and so, yeah, go ahead. Weezer was my favorite band growing up. Yeah. Um, their first like two to three records were like massively impactful on me. And yeah. then, you know, they're kind of, few records after that I was like less interested in. And then now it's kind of like, I don't really listen to any of their new stuff as much um, just yeah. because I didn't like the direction that they were going in, but I don't yeah. hate them. I'm yeah. going to see them actually this summer when they come to Indy, 
at this, yes. at this wonder, uh, it's, it's called Run, Wonder Road Fe- uh, Festival, I think. Um, okay. So like, I, that's just, I think it's easier to give grace now to artists that want to do them, like do whatever they want, because I kind of grew up with my favorite band doing that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, yeah. you know, I already know what that feels like. And I know it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes fans of music take it, take it pretty, I don't know, extreme sometimes where it's like, damn, and I'm never listening. I'm burning their records. I'm like, exactly. What? Dude, that's people get a, so mad. adult man. Like, who's that upset <laughs> that they want to make it? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, no. I know. We, we, what you're seeing what's weird is so you make a piece of art you make a piece of music people spend sometimes months to years listening to you fro you're literally frozen in time Mm -hmm. right like when you created that piece of work you were one version of yourself and that's what you put out but people get to know that version of you over months or years and they want you to stay the same they're like i want more of this exact thing that's right and that's just not how the creative process works no it's not it is not. I, I had um, a manager at the time after bad came out. He was like, okay, man, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to go into your, you're going to go into logic pro and you're going to open up the, um, you're going to take a copy of the bad logic project. You're going to open that up. You're going to delete all the stuff. You're going to keep the BPM the same. You're going to keep all the instruments used the same. You're going to use a slightly different chord progression, but you're going to make basically another version of that song. That's slightly different. I was like, no, I'm not, Ugh, I'm not doing that. No. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. Cause I just didn't like, you know, no offense to people that do do that, but I'm like, that isn't what I personally want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I want to do lots of different stuff. So, Mm-hmm. that's my take on my sort of music um, career. I just want to do a little bit of all of it. Like it's all interesting to me. Like I like producing, mm-hmm. I like mixing, I like playing. I like doing all these different types of things for different genres for different people. I just mm-hmm. like being involved in lots of different stuff because I want to experience lots of things. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that's super respectable. And I, I do think there are some people who are like perfectly fine doing that. And in some ways it may even be a shortcut to like, I don't know if success is the right word. I guess it depends on your goal and your outcome. Yeah. It could be for that person, what yeah. they would consider success mm-hmm. could be from outside perspectives. Like what would seem like maybe they get more famous because they go really deep in doing this yeah, one thing. Absolutely. But I do think for me personally, it sounds like for you too, that's, it's, it's not as exciting of a path because I'm more about exploring. Mm-hmm. I'm more about discovering like the edges of what I'm capable of and then like trying to push those a little further. Exactly. And, it's, it's exactly like, like what you said, like people's versions of success are different. Um, some mm-hmm. people need to see something out in a different way in a, with, in, with laser focus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm that mm-hmm. way to an extent, but with different sorts of things, you know what I mean? It's like different Mm -hmm. seasons of life or different projects that, you know, I want to take on or whatever, but yeah, I mean the, uh, the laser focus success type is just as, you know what I mean? Um, just as okay to do as when you do a bunch of different things and, you know I mean? It's just different, different strokes for different folks. And that's why I don't like, you know, think I'm better because I want to do a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. than a person who wants to stay in one genre or do whatever. It's like, no, that's just what what's good for you. And this is what's good for me. And what I want to do is okay. And what you want to do is okay. And if the fans want to think that what I'm doing is okay, great. If they want to think what you're doing is okay, great. But like, 
to get so upset with like other people's decisions that don't really affect your life that much is yeah. really strange to me. Yeah. It's a lot of energy pour, poured into something that it's not going to have any outcome really. I mean, you're not going to change someone's mind and yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been working on that personally, just like judging in general, just judgment of like when I, so you mentioned this, like the person who cut you off, like in the past, like I'd be like, Oh man, that dude's just, he's just a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like has no respect for other people. But then I, don't, I feel like there's something about that that like comes back around to you. And like, if you're just, I feel like if you're always just putting like negative energy out into the world, like it's going to come back to you. Like maybe you got to put, yeah, maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that's just me. Yeah, right. Like, um, I, I don't, I don't want to be the type of person, I guess is what I'm saying. That's like yeah, right. putting it, it will just, harsh judgments out all the time. Yeah. It'll just negatively impact everyone around you. Like yeah. you're just doing parts of the same, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that person did it on purpose and they're being angry at you or they're whatever. And then you take it out on somebody else or you carry that with you and you, you know what I mean? Yep. Hurt people, hurt people. So this is true. This is true. This is true. Hurt people hurt people who hurt people that are hurt who hurt people that. It goes on and on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it goes on and on. Yeah, dude. Dude, I remember. So you you posted this. Maybe it was on Pixlr or something. This was when you first started playing for the Pan Perry, and I thought it was so eye opening because I hadn't been exposed to this level of like rehearsal or practice mm-hmm. uh, that would be involved in like a professional tour. So you talked about. Um you know, rehearsing for like 14 hours a day sometimes mm-hmm. before tour. And like, sometimes your hands are like bleeding and you're like taping them up because they're, and maybe it gets better after you've been through, you know, a few years of this, but can you talk through that process a little bit? Because I don't think a lot of people maybe have exposure to know what it's like to prepare for a professional tour and the amount of preparation that goes into making those shows what they are. Yeah. There's, so there's, there's sort of different levels of it and you need to be prepared for each sort of level of it. So the first sort of level I would say was knowing, trying to get a grasp on how, how many songs we'd be playing, which songs we'd be playing, which style, are there any recordings I can have of those just prepping myself before I even come into a space where I'm with the other people. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm swallowing weird. And um, so, yeah, so I try to just like, Immediately after I got the, the gig, I just started consuming, you know what I mean, as much. Because um, other other than their like sort of hits, I wasn't super familiar with like the deeper cuts kind of thing. Um, yep. Luckily, there wasn't, you know, like albums and albums and albums I had to like get acquainted with. There were a few and then, mm-hmm. you know, several singles kind of thing. So, um, and can you hear these birds? Yeah, just, it sounds like, amazing, actually. I- There's like this bush right here. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like distracting me. Um, no, I actually think it's really cool. It's like it's been so beautiful out the past couple of days, and it yeah, feels like it's not cool. dark winter is coming to an end. It's not cool at five in the morning. Okay, I'm, I'm sure like, it's not. It's not really cool. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. It's cool at the you know about one o'clock. I get it's it. Great. I'll get up out of the bed in the middle of the night, come over here to the fridge, get ice out of it, and open this window, and go stop. And throw ice at them and make them scatter, <laughs> and then that will have them go away long enough for me to fall back asleep, and then it just. It just happened. Pattern continues. It just, it just takes backup right from there. Um, okay. So, yeah. So I prepare <laughs> myself for as much as I can. And then um, with this, how we um, got this, the, the, the first um, tour I did with them, 
this is how we set it, set it up. Where I went down there, they had a um, property, um, like this sort of like big rehearsal space slash studio kind of a thing on on their on their private property. Um, and we would just yeah rehearse, come up with like sort of like the song arrangements as well as work on maybe some of the tracks that they had prepared with some other people. Um, you know, just kind of work out what the show was going to be. Cause it's not like mm-hmm. we had it exactly how we wanted to do it. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, the set list could be this, we could play like this way and you could do that here. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of mm-hmm. got a set up most of, and it'll maybe change. Maybe it depends on how tied you are to like tracks or, you know what I mean? Maybe a time constraint. Mm-hmm. A lot of people or a lot, I'm sorry, a lot of like venues or festivals, you'll have like a, maybe a, a, a 20 minute slot, a 60 minute slot, and maybe like a 90 minute slot or any iteration of that. So you have to be sort of prepared to like, Oh, this would be the sellers for that. Or this would be sellers for that. Um, yeah. And then we had a week before we left for the first show on the first tour. So we would, um, yeah, sometimes go 14 hours a day at, for this first week. You know what? I'm sorry. I don't know if that's the entire truth. It might have been 10 days because we did three or four days at another at another place, which was like more... Um, it's like an SIR or um, um, sound check type thing. But basically, there's like a live these big rooms where, you know, that are blacked out with like big curtains and stuff that have big yeah. PAs or it's like, so you can get a, a, a feel for what, a, you know, you're moving a lot of air with big speakers and stuff. Um, yeah. Lights sometimes. Um, and we did that for a few days before we went out to make sure that the lights and the tracks and everything was synced up. And, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that goes into, you know, a, a tour like that. Um, uh, we try to do it pretty, pretty skinny, pretty bare bones. A lot of people doing mm-hmm. lots of different jobs. Um, and I, I honestly think that's sort of one of the reasons that I got the, with the gig with them drumming was because before that I had been doing, um, production like tracks with them. I would go down there and be a part of the rehearsal with the band before they would go out for the tour, making tracks, I bring my computer down. You know what I mean? I was doing that initially. So they knew I had a, a pretty, you know, extensive background in, lots of different things about the music industry. And I wasn't just a drummer. Um, and that's most of the people that are on the crew are like that. You know I mean? The front of house guys are also, you know, recording or sound engineers know a lot about that. And all, all of our techs are all players and they know, you know, lots of stuff, you know what I mean? And that can be really helpful that's because cool. if you have a problem, you know, you, if one person doesn't know, you know, maybe in that moment that we need that one thing fixed, you know, Someone yeah, else people might, in trouble. I know. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. What was it like? Um, so the first show on that tour, was that the biggest show you had played to that point? Or had you maybe played a show or two that might've been bigger than that? Cause you, you played some, some pretty big shows, I think before that with um, yeah, just feeling a couple in. other artists. Yeah. Just yeah. filling in with different types of people. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if the, if the first one was, um, or not. I was definitely nervous. How, how did it, how did it feel? Yeah. Like, definitely nervous, but, yeah. um, Right when it starts, you can't really think about anything else, you know, or, um, but the whole idea of rehearsal is that, you know, you do it so many times that when you're, when you get out there, you're not worrying about what you're playing. And that, that is true. I actually don't necessarily think about it. And if I do, Mm -hmm. especially now, like if I get too existential about what am I doing? Like, 
you know, I'll just be kind of up there playing. I'm like, what am I, what is this? What am I? Yeah. What's what happening is, right now? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you get sort of distracted by what you're doing, you might actually, you know, miss out on the, on the wave of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. How did it feel when that show finished? I mean, I'm sure you had like some, some big drum finishes and lights flashing, crowd cheering. Yeah, dude. It's a great feeling, especially when you didn't like mess up, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I can count on one hand in five years that I've messed up, you know what I mean? Like kind of like weird, like where people are like, what, what was that? You know, like (laughs) very rare, very rarely. So yeah. But yeah. And there's, there's also been some good times where I've definitely felt like I, crush that i can't believe that happened okay i'll tell you a story so um yeah i want to hear it there was this one time we were playing in aspen it's it's at this place called belly up it's essentially the only venue in aspen um Mm -hmm. it's a really really small stage it's maybe 30 feet wide Mm -hmm. maybe 20 feet deep maybe it's pretty small and anyway, they have all these pictures on the wall of all these different, you know, all these massive artists, like, cause everyone, everyone has played there, but to see how they arrange on stage is really funny. Um, cause it's just so tight. And yeah. so with our setup, we do, um, a lot of like instrument changes through mm-hmm. MIDI uh, through Ableton. So our Ableton guy needs to be pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's off to the side. Um, where also like we just have cases that um have you know power wireless just tons of different like rack stuff that you know just that that live in this one thing so that's all with him too and um you know like power supplies have just that little bitty blue light up switch right yeah that's like my favorite thing in the world i love that thing they're they're hypnotizing so they are it's so cool um one of those was like face towards Reed, the bass player, but it's pretty close to him. And we're playing in second, second song had just started. We just played the first one. And then in this one, in the second song, he plays like a synth bass. So he goes to throw his bass onto his back and the headstock perfectly hit the power switch to our wireless. So oh, no. Oh, no. the wireless mic goes out. So she just yeah. it and it just goes out, <laughs> you know, and then um, we lost ears because we have like wireless yeah. packs. Yeah. So I'm just like, I, I, it's just like if you were to put earphones in or like a yeah. earbud or yeah. whatever, can't and anything, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't hear anything, but you can still feel it. All the tracks, all the microphones, all of those are hardwired. So the show is still going on, but nothing that's wireless is her microphone is working. So like, so I just kind of keep playing to myself. You know what I mean? I'm like looking over at them. Everybody's looking over at the text and they're like scrambling. You know what I mean? And then, you know, maybe 20 seconds go on and then they find out, Oh shit, it's the power thing. And they switch it back on. And then when everything came back on, I was exactly like where it was. And I was like, I'm a God. That <laughs> no, is amazing. Dude, like, that was the most like confident, you know what I mean? I've, I've ever felt That's amazing. playing drums up to that point. Yeah. Cause it was like, just felt good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. so hard to do. Like, it, I mean, you basically matched the click track perfectly for however long that power was out. Yeah. Is, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. But, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. At that point we had played a good amount of shows. And so I was like pretty familiar with, 
you know, the, the tempo and, you know what I mean? Just kind of timing everything, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely cool. You know, that's pretty cool. Any other shows that stand out as just like really fun experiences? Um, yeah, I think the coolest one for me was, um, a couple of years ago, we played San Diego. It was called Boots in the Park. And I think it was with, um, Blake Shelton. I think we opened up for a few, a few different people opened up for Blake Shelton. He was the last one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was like 18, almost 20,000 people there. And that was, that was nuts, dude. Just to That's see so cool. that and hear that and like experience that was, super fun and did you guys play more of like the sort of like the rock versions of of everything kind of the same set you know what i mean um so fun that the crowd was lit yeah it was was awesome they definitely like responded to like you know the stuff that they were familiar with because of the other past conversation Mm. we had about maybe a certain type of fan but um yeah but yeah it was still generally well received all of it anyway but yeah, that was, that was really fun. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about, uh, you've gotten married since the last time we saw each other Oh yeah, and, and I'd love to hear how that's going. And uh, because I, I've, you know, kind of kept up with you just social media wise, and it seems like that's going really well. It seems like y'all are really happy and love to hear a little bit about your wife and how life is. Dude, Kayla's awesome. She's like the best we actually just recently did this thing. My family, um, when we get together for someone's birthday or whatever, um, we will all go around the room and say something, you know, our favorite thing about that person or whatever. And I, I sort of noticed the last time that I had to sort of like take an inventory, like on, on her, I was like, she is a great she's a great partner in every relationship that she's in. Like she's a great daughter. She's a great like partner and, you know, wife. And she's every relationship she she's in. She's just a great, she's just so cool. That's <laughs> she's awesome. She's really sweet. She's super sweet. And she's funny, which is um, my main thing that I, yeah, I was going to say that's a deal breaker for oh, you. Oh yeah, dude. So yeah, we, we met <laughs> at a house party about 10 years ago. Um, and then I was just like, Hey, um, you're really pretty. Can we go on a date? And that was basically it. Um, but then we didn't talk. We went on a date and then we didn't talk for like a, f- a few more months. I don't know what that was, but then I was hanging out with my dad and this like, um, super cute blonde girl walked in front of us on the sidewalk. And I was like, I'm gonna call that girl back. <laughs> he was like, yeah, <laughs> you, should, you should do that. And then, um, started dating after that. And then we've like literally been inseparable since since then but yeah we got married two years ago um but we were together for like almost seven years before that but that's amazing yeah we we, we all we knew you know what i mean yeah we knew how do you feel like do you, did marriage change your relationship at all not really i mean i would day to day not really i would say there's more stability um mm-hmm. you know and just uh we know this is you know more a more solid thing now but um day to day not really it's not like yeah you know, I got married and I flipped a switch because I knew exactly half her was mine, kind of a thing, you know, but and yeah. vice versa. And that's awesome. Um, look, I, I appreciate the time today, Kelson. It's been such a long time. And uh, when I started the podcast, you actually were on my like initial list of people just because awesome. um, I've always. I've always had so much admiration for you. Um, even back to the days when we were playing together. Thanks, um, 
Yeah. I mean, your ability to like just jump into anything and be relatively good at it um, always impressed me. But I also always intuitively um, knew that you're just a good person. And um, those are people I like to keep close and um, definitely share and elevate their stories. And um, I hope we can stay in better. I hope it won't be another 10 years till we see each other. Probably Um, not. So um, I, I, um, I was trying to line a bunch of stuff up. Um, cause I, I, I live in, uh, downtown Indianapolis still, but mm-hmm. obviously I have a lot of friends and like connections out in Nashville. So I was trying to like line up a weekend that was like, I have a few different things I was trying to do basically all on the same day. And I wanted to try to, cause if I'm going to drive five hours, you know, over a mm-hmm. weekend and then five hours back, I want to try to do a few different things. Um, 100%. but yeah, dude, I, I wish that would have worked, uh, worked out. But next time I'm down there, we'll, um, yeah, we'll meet up, man. We'll, we'll meet up and I can watch you drink coffee or something because I don't drink coffee. Yeah, there we go. I'm in uh, I'm in Franklin now. So Okay, cool. It's weird. A, lot of, a lot of the musicians are down here anyway. So if you're if you're hanging out near Franklin, if you're hanging out anywhere in Nashville, you better yeah, call. Yeah, it's not far. It's not far. Yeah, man. It's so far, how's the podcast been? Like how, how many, how long have you been doing this for? So started like last September, mm-hmm. but it got a little bit of a slow start, just like finding the right contacts, getting the like the digital studio, like this all set up, getting the right equipment. And it was just some things to figure out from that aspect. But really since like January of this year, it's been like full on. So, um, recorded close to 15 episodes now, Dang. 11 of those have released. Um, and it's been really interesting because I've, what I'm trying to do is just share people's stories of like how they're making a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And that could be on a national scale. So I've had like some national best-selling authors on that have done like HBO documentaries. Oh, cool. I've had um, my most recent episode that just released yesterday was with um, National Geographic photographer named Steven Alvarez, who's like globally renowned cool. photographer, which was really cool. And he's got some crazy stories, man. He's been like, he was telling a story about um, going down in the sinkhole to underground whitewater rapids and then swimming upstream in these things. Yeah. And he had to repel like 200 feet down. He said through that sinkhole and all the walls were like limestone that like, if you touched it, it would like cave in. Yeah. It was crazy. Like the kind of stories that I'm like, I have so much admiration for. Um, Just like shoot down there and just see what's going on. Yeah, So they were trying to find, so he's a cave explorer. Mm. um, And so he was like one of the world's most famous, like cave explorers at one point. And Mm. so these were completely unexplored caves. He said less people had been in that cave than on the surface of the moon. Um, Yeah. And so he got in and like swam upstream. They get up there not knowing what they're going to find. And it opens up to like hundred foot ceilings and there's a waterfall and like a four acre lake. And like, is that the thing with the, um, did he take the picture and it's like a little cake or whatever that you stand on? Is it called he the cake? Have. I don't know. I, think it's I don't know. Have, I think I know. I don't know definitively. It's massive. But like it's like I they can know. fit. Okay. You might be ta- thinking about two separate things, but yeah. That- might be talking about two separate things, but really, really cool guy. And, and then everything from that to like people who are just making a big difference in their community. Um, another person I interviewed this week, his name is Wesley Brewer. He's like in this uh, rural area where there wasn't a lot of music education. And he started like a countywide musical where they're pulling in like different people from all different schools that normally are big rivalries Mm. and they're all working together. People that would never, you know, normally be interacting at all are working together to put on this musical and building relationships. And it's having a positive impact, not only on the kids, but on the community as a whole. That's awesome. And so stuff like that. And uh, it's going really, really well. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Like I didn't know that I was going to have this much fun 
it was just a project that yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll, people and yeah, yeah, but it, it's just a way to like interact with people that I have so much respect for. I love learning and I love, um, just asking questions. Yep. And so it's a good outlet for that. Yeah. I would say being, being interested in everything, you know what I mean? Is a really, really great character to have. You know what I mean? I think that will take people very, very far. And I think that's very, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal to have, you know, that sort of outlook on life of what is that? Or I wonder how that works or why do you mm-hmm. think that way? Or that kind of stuff. Like yeah. being curious. Yeah, I think it's, 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 man, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. I just think it's very important basically it for, for us as um, a race of people. I completely agree. And going back to like the the mental health stuff that we talked about earlier, that's one of the biggest things I feel like I've learned to do with myself is instead of judging myself for feeling a certain way, just getting curious. Yep. Like, I wonder why I'm feeling that way. Like why, what did trigger that? Like, and that's been, that's been another tool that's been powerful, not just with other people, but also with myself. That's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's pretty cool. But Hey, I've got, I've got one final question for you. If you don't mind. Dude, I, I, I got till two, dude. I love it. All right. So here's, here's my question uh, for somebody who's just starting out and um, let's, let's just say they want to make an impact in the world, mm. but they can't figure out how to do it, but they know they want to do something. How do you recommend they get started? Well, I guess it depends on what kind of impact that they want to have. Do is this from like a sort of like a capitalistic career way? Like, um, like, is it a career path or is it like, you know, do you want to impact the world or, you know what I mean? Like, like people, um, cause let's go to the people. Path. Okay, great. Cause I, I would argue that that is way more important. Um, and usually the other stuff, like you can get different jobs, you know what I mean? You can, you can change. I could drop, decide to drop all music today, but who I am will, will sort of continue. Like the direction that I want to go in life can change but who I am and the experiences that I bring are going to come with me. Um, so yeah. you can always, you know, whatever. Um, I would say it's, it's, it's that stuff we were talking about earlier, like sort of get, get in touch with your inner child. Like that's, that's almost who you are m- more than the, maybe the bad habits or bad tricks you might've learned from, you know what I mean? Wherever. Yeah. Um, and just just be that vulnerable, curious kid, and treat people that same way. Like and like like what you were saying is like you were being hard on yourself in a way that you wouldn't do to other people. I would say that that's mm. as important. Giving the same grace to yourself that you need to give to other people, because um, maybe that can turn someone else's perspective shift around you know what i mean like they're they've been too hard on themselves for too long um that's what i would say dude i think that's that will have a bigger impact on the circle of people around you and it just ripples out from there um because i I, you know i've had people come up to me and and tell me hey you know the things that you're doing or the way that you're doing it um has been really inspiring to me and those are the best 
like that's the best thing you can hear you know what i mean yeah, like it is that that's the most rewarding feeling it's like you felt like you gave it you know uh people say that it's better to like give a gift than receive a gift it's like it feels like that it feels like yeah i gave a gift to someone and they're thanking me for it you know what i mean like mm. that's way more rewarding than basically anything that has come from the career part of the impact of my life you know yeah. um because yeah mic drop bro mic drop all right see you dude i love that i love that well what's next for you man what what are you up to and um, uh, what do you got coming up since december uh i was, I was i'm work uh, i'm mixing this dude's record his name is alex frank really cool songwriter um is he from indy i think he is he is either from indy or he's from chicago okay. um i'm mixing maybe six songs for him really cool songs um and then maybe halfway through it um basically i kind of came up with this effect chain basically it's a bunch of different effects that i just sort of blend into his vocal Mm -hmm. specifically and usually when i change one of the aspects i need to change a few of the other ones so i was always going in and if i change the threshold i need to do the drive whatever makeup right. on the phone so i'm doing a bunch of things so anyway i was like it'd be cool if there was like a plugin specifically for this process that if i just changed one button or parameter it would automatically change all that ones. um and then so i started looking into um like audio plugin development um yeah. and i am i know python and i write programs and you know just little fun dumb things that I, we do around the house, like, yeah. um, you know, just little, like I, I came up with a little an Apple script for Kayla to hit a key and it'll switch her, uh, input from her Bluetooth to her, um, laptop, you know what I mean? Just like That's little awesome. dumb yeah. fun stuff that I like to do. Yeah. Um, so I kind of brought that into this, but it's in C++, which I did not know. Um, and it is quite a lot, dude. So I've been doing that for probably, um, I don't know, probably 12 hours a day since late November. Um, wow. Yeah. And I just got my um, LLC confirmation done yesterday. Because um, now That's I've written... so exciting. Now I've written like four or five plugins, but I, I have to get them like code signed with Apple and with um, mm-hmm. Avid who makes Pro Tools. And, yeah. um, but they're done and it, it, it was a huge huge learning curve and um but yeah i kind of put off my other stuff to do this Mm -hmm. um so i'm in trouble with alex and i'm in trouble with um kayla (laughs) a little bit and my friends who i've been bugging um about this dude dude look at this like is anybody plugging because we don't care (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so that that's that's what i've been doing for a long time i've been very interested in that um and now that i'm done with it um, I want to try to keep it up. Um, that's you know, pretty cool, man. It's, it's been pretty fun, dude. Yeah. Plugins are magical. That's mm-hmm. like when I first started using plugins, I was like, Oh, this is how people make music. This oh yeah, is, dude. This is what makes the world turn in, in oh, the yeah. music world. So it, making one, I'm sure is like a whole different, like peek behind the curtain. Oh, dude. Like it is a lot more than I thought to be honest um <laughs> there's really only a few things you can do with an audio signal um to be honest mm-hmm. like when you think of like level or amplitude or something you're just just 
turning the amplitude down. Um, mm-hmm. When you want to distort something, you're basically affecting the wave and making that more like a, like from like a sine wave to a saw wave where sine mm-hmm. sounds really clean, right? And saw sounds like crunchy distorted. So there's that part, which is like distortion, gain, saturation. That's that part. And then there's like reverbs, delays, widening, that kind of stuff, which is just taking a copy of that audio and doing something to it. Maybe a bunch of different times, like you need to do it in a reverb or just psychoacoustic things, but they're all just, you know, copies. So there's really only a few things you can do with, you know, with, with like creating audio. a plugin to do that for you is pretty advanced. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Cause I had to learn a couple of different languages. I didn't really know like XML or like graphic languages that much, like a little bit of CSS, a little bit of HTML, but um, yeah, having to learn a couple of different languages at the same time. Um, but dude, that's just the day we live in, man. Like you can, yeah. uh, you can pick something up if you have like a, a natural inclination towards something like that, then you can, you can find it, you know, you'll, you'll find it. Cool. Did you use those plugins on this most recent project? I'm going to now, um, because nice. now that I'm sort of done with them, I just have to get them, uh, code signed before I can like release them basically. Um, and then after that, I'll get, I'll get back into the mixing, but the demo um, I've, the demos of the, um, plugins that I've sent to people like, Oh dude, I'll actually use this one or I like this one or whatever. So that's great to hear. That's, that's so cool, man. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I started out wanting to make stuff that I a- would actually use, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not just like, here's my version of a, an 1176 and here's exactly. my reverb and here's my, like, I'm not trying to make a suite of stuff. You know what I mean? I just want to make stuff that i need (laughs) or Mm -hmm. you know that i think needs to exist or whatever and so that's what it was born out of and i'm going to try to keep that you know same spirit with it but good deal well when those are released man um send me the link and i'll update these show notes to also include that um so that if people want to uh, i don't know if you're going to sell them in the marketplace or if you're going to uh, Mm -hmm. just have a website or whatever but send me a way for people to purchase those i'll be sure to add that to our show notes as well I think the idea with that is I'm going to give them away to everyone that I know, you know what I mean? So I, I can send you a bunch of them and then, you know, let, let, uh, let it go from there. You know? That's perfect, man. Well, where can people find you, Kelson? If they enjoyed the episode, they want to look you up. Um, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, probably my website, which is kelsoncamp.com. It's basically, it's just a link tree, but it's got Instagram, maybe recent song releases, um, articles of whatever, that's sort of it, but yeah, it's K E L S O N C A M P dot com, all one word. Um, yep, I'm most probably active on Instagram, even though I don't post a lot. I'm messaging like with, yeah. uh, with you. I, I use that as a, as a messaging platform mainly, but perfect. Yep, that's where I'm at, man. All right. Well, cousin, hey, thanks for coming on the show today, man. I appreciate the time. Hopefully, we can do this again at, at some point and look forward to seeing you down here in Nashville. Cool, man. Yep. Thanks for having me, dude. Let's, uh, we, we do this again. Be yeah. fun to do this. I, I think we should give it like five, six months. We'll, we'll do a part two. Yeah. It'd be fun. All righty, man. Take care. Cool. See you. Bye. And that's a wrap folks. Huge. Thank you to Kelson for taking the time to do this interview today, to have this conversation and talk about such important topics. Kelson, I appreciate you brother. Come back anytime. And if you, the listener, are still here listening right now, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here and spend with me today. I know there's a million options 
for things you can listen to, for ways to entertain yourself out there. And the fact that you chose to be here and to listen to this interview on the Impact Code means the world to me. Thank you so much. If you did enjoy today's episode, please leave us a review. You can smash that five-star button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. It doesn't take very long and it makes a really big difference in other people's ability to find our podcast. So if you would, if you enjoyed today's episode, smash that five-star button. Finally, I just want to come full circle and thanking Tower Community Bank for helping put on this podcast. Everything about this podcast is brought to you completely free by Tower Community Bank. And if you enjoyed today's episode, a way that you can support this show is by going to www.towercommunitybank.com, checking out the different products there. And if something interests you, click for more info or sign up. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you back here for the next episode of The Impact Code. Bye. Thank you.